Hi, Scott and John here. Yeah, folks, the world is fast approaching the end game, and we are trying to expose the upcoming deception before time runs out. We want to make this a full-time goal, and we need your support to fight the satanic global elite. So here's how you can help. Subscribe to the new Bible Mysteries Premium Podcast to listen to every episode ad-free. Plus, get full access to our special guest interviews and special events, downloadable show notes, our Bible Mysteries monthly newsletter, and access to a new community forum. Sure. So just go to BibleMysteries.Supercast.com or you can click the uh, link in the show notes to get started today. Thanks again. Well, hello again, and welcome to Bible Mysteries. This is the podcast that talks about the secret things in the Bible the world doesn't want you to know about. I'm Scott Mitchell, and I'm here with... Zena. And Zena is here to be my co-host to sort of sound out and, and hopefully be a healthy dose of skepticism from time to time. Yes. Especially when we get into the weirder things like we're going to do today. Today, we're going to talk about the giants. Ooh. So people think about giants as just mythological creatures, but we're going to find out in the Bible they were real. And we're going to find out why. Now, um, last week, we talked about uh, Adam and Eve. And yes. God, when he made them in his image, he gave them dominion over the earth, and they were to replenish the earth, right? Mm-hmm. So they had to fill it up again from whatever was there before. Then uh, they fell from grace, as it were, by taking the, the fruit of the tree they weren't supposed to eat and introduced sin and death into the world. Mm-hmm. And the Lucifer was the serpent that was behind that act of yes. deceit. And caused them to do that sin because he wanted to gain control of the earth again because he had it before in the world that was, right? Yes. So God made the prophecy that the seed of the woman would bruise his head, the serpent. And so he thought, okay, well, if she's going to have a baby, whichever baby is a righteous person with God must be the one I need to take out. Yes. So he had Cain kill his brother Abel. I know. So sad. Very sad to think about a righteous man dying for nothing. Yeah. And unfortunately, that's how... Satan works. He doesn't care who he hurts. He's smarter than us, and he never sleeps, right? Mm -hmm. So he operates in that realm, and he causes men to rise up against each other. He's still doing it today. Mm -hmm. Same tactics. So what we're going to find out then is that tactic of killing every righteous person that could ever live was going to be hard to do because men began to populate on the earth. Very true. You know, Adam and Eve didn't just have those two sons. They had many sons and daughters who grew up to have other sons and daughters. And at that time, the perfect genetic bloodline, there wasn't such a thing as incestuous uh, genetic alteration. Mm -hmm. So brothers and sisters could marry and then first cousins, and then it went on like that. Mm -hmm. Once you got enough people, then the bloodline got more distributed and things like that. But since they were so perfect in their makeup, there was no deformities and diseases and things like that. So the numbers must have been pretty amazing because when you think about the fact that we learned Adam lived to be 930 years... Because he didn't die the day he sinned. An animal died in his place. Yes. And God clothed him with those skins. So he went on to have many sons and daughters, and they would have done the same. So imagine being a woman of the time that could live as, as long as eight, 900 years and how many babies you could have. A lot. So think of the population of the earth in just a few hundred years. My goodness. Can you imagine how many people there would have been? So how could Satan keep up with who's with him and who's with God? You know, there were just too many to number. I think you're going to tell us. I think I am. (laughs) So he had an idea. Remember those angels that rebelled with him? Yes. 
Well, he decided that he could convince a number of them to go down and infiltrate the bloodline of man such that they could so taint human genetics that the seed could never be born. In other words, filter it out. Okay. Filter out humanity with angel DNA. And that's exactly what happened in the book of Genesis. So let's go to the book of Genesis again, and we'll go to chapter 6. And it literally, it's funny how this book says so little about it, but a lot in a small space. Mm -hmm. So Genesis chapter 6, verse 1 says, And it came to pass, so some time has happened, Mm -hmm. when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born unto them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men. Well, whoever the sons of God are, they must not be the sons of men, because they see the daughters of men, the sons of God are angels. Yes. Remember we talked about the term son of God is used for any created being, and all the angels are created. Mm-hmm. The only begotten son of God in the Bible is referred to as Jesus. That's the only time that's used, and he's not just called uh, a son of God, he's the son of God. Yes. Right. So there's a difference there, because he's not a created being, he's the creator, according to scripture, but Adam was a son of God, created. Mm-hmm. from the mud, right? Angels created, right? Lucifer was a son of God. He was a created being, mm-hmm. right? So the sons of God are these angels, but when it says they saw the daughters of men that they were fair and they took them wise of all which they chose, these weren't God's angels because God would have never permitted the exchanging of genetics between angels and men. Yes. They're different realms, different mm-hmm. habitations. These angels that did this were not all of the one-third of the angels that joined Lucifer in rebellion, but some number of them that did it. Okay. And they came down and took wives. And we notice in verse 3, it says, The Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh, yet his days shall be in 120 years. And that time of 120 years was a reference to from that statement on, that's how long it would be till the flood of Noah. And during that 120 years, Noah was building the ark. It took him 120 years to build the ark? Took him 120 years. Now, I don't know if it took him that long to actually finish it, but it took God that long before he allowed men to make a decision. Mm -hmm. So he was very long-suffering. In other words, he put up, he says, listen, because what we find out is Noah preached righteousness for 120 years. Yeah. So I would imagine, I can picture it in my mind, Noah hammering away on this big old boat. Everybody <laughs> thinks he's crazy. Yeah. Noah, you're nuts. Why are you building this ark? There's, we don't even know what rain is, right? Mm-hmm. It never rained on the earth. And he begins to tell them, because God's bringing a flood because of unrighteousness. You keep following these angels and whatever, and he's going to destroy them. And men just laughed and walked away. Nobody believed him. Poor right? Noah. Poor Noah. So then we come to verse 4. It says, there were giants in the earth. In those days. And also after that, when the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men and they bare children to them, the same became mighty men which are of old, men of renown. And that word giants is the Hebrew word Nephilim. They were hybrid human beings. Mm -hmm. Angel DNA, human DNA. And they were so tall. There's some estimates, there's some that could have been upwards of 30 feet high. That's really big. There are myths and legends about titans and the fighting of the yeah. gods and the cyclopses mm-hmm. and things like that. I wouldn't doubt that those were based in truth at one point in time. 
and that it's just been adulterated and, and distorted from the actual truth that happened. And what's interesting about this is, remember we talked about there would be resources we would refer to from time to time. Yes. Outside of the scripture, there's not much that talks about this that we can rely on. There is a book called the Book of Enoch. And that book is not counted as scripture, but it's historically significant. Mm -hmm. As a matter of fact, there's two verses of scripture that cite the Book of Enoch. All right, there's one in the book of Jude, I think, and one perhaps in the book of First or Second Peter. And um, we had talked about God was going to put enmity between the woman and the serpent, and yes. he would bruise his head. So the serpent, Lucifer, thought he would destroy the son of Eve, Abel, and kill him so he wouldn't bruise his head. Mm -hmm. But after men began to populate, he couldn't keep track of who was who. So to prevent the seed from ever being born, he convinced a number of angels to come down and marry the daughters of men so that their children would become these giants and renowned and who knows what demigods they became and yeah. whatever that we know in story like Hercules and Atlas and, mm -hmm. you know, a combination of a God-man, yes. things like that. Well, they would have been angels, right? Something to that extent. So did these angels kind of impersonate man or did they actually look like angels while they were on earth? The indication seems to be, and we're actually going to look at a few scriptures that will give us some idea of what that was. Mm -hmm. The indication seems to be that they changed their form from angel to a physical type of person that evidently took on the form of mortality. Okay. Therefore, they could procreate. So in other words, they would have had to have been physically, anatomically capable of reproduction. Okay. So at some point, they changed their form to be a male as a human would be. Okay. So that they could bear children through the women. All right. So those giants came about, and we'll get to that scripture that talks about what it could have been that happened, that transferred to allow them to be procreative in their ability. Mm -hmm. But the book of Enoch, like I said, is historically interesting. It's considered apocryphal or of doubtful origin, but they give some interesting insight into what took place with this recording here in Genesis 6. It says, in chapter 6 of the book of Enoch, ironically, right? <laughs> and it came to pass when the children of men had multiplied that in those days were born unto them beautiful and comely daughters. And the angels, the children of the heaven saw and lusted after them, and said to one another, Come, let us choose us wives from among the children of men, and beget us children. So it already mentions something about that, that they it was a sinful act mm -hmm. that they did. The Bible doesn't make it as clear. Some people think the sons of God were just a certain group of men, and they were bad men and bad women. But either way, the book of Enoch sort of gives us insight that it was a sinful act that they did. Mm-hmm. Now, since that's histor historically significant, but it's not Scripture, let's go to the book of 2 Peter, which is Scripture, and he actually talks about those angels. Okay. And he specifically refers to them in 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 4. It says, For if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell, and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment, and spared not the old world... But save Noah the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly. And I'll stop there because that's enough for me to show you that he talks about angels that sinned in connection with the old world and Noah. Mm -hmm. So that must be the sons of God that took the daughters of men. Yeah. Evidently, it was a sin what they did. And in the book of Jude, 
Jude is the second to last book of your Bible, and there's only one chapter. So we'll start in verse 6. Jude writes about the same thing. It says that the angels which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation. He hath reserved in everlasting chains under darkness, under the judgment of the great day. So evidently, these angels that were already fallen angels in the second heaven, some number, not all of them, but some number, left their estate, left their position as angels, and took on the form of a human for procreation. <clears throat> when they did that, evidently they couldn't go back. Mm-hmm. So it was a permanent decision that they made, but it was it was a sin worse than what they had already done in rebellion. So God destroyed them. They became mortal. So he killed them and they ended up in chains in the bottomless pit. They're still angels, right? Cherubs or whatever they are. <clears throat> so they're of different makeup than human being, but they took on a form that allowed them to procreate. So that put them, we could say, evidently uh, vulnerable to mortality. Yes. And the flood came in and destroyed them all too. But it looks like by the indication, God may have just destroyed them before he even brought the flood in. Mm-hmm. Because the angels were one thing, let's get them out first, and then let's destroy the result of what they did, mm-hmm. which was on the earth. So this place that they're in is referred to as the bottomless pit. Why is it called that? It's it's actually uh, in the Greek word. It's Tartarus, and it's there's three words for hell in Greek. There's one called Hades or Hades. You've probably heard of Hades, right? Mm-hmm. And that's the overall place of the dead. Okay. It's a compartment in the earth. Inside that compartment, incidentally, and we'll talk about this too. In another episode, there's a place of comfort called Abraham's bosom. And then there's a place of torment and flames. And in the uh, Greek, it's called Gehenna. And it's literally the place that people imagine when they think of hell, burning and torment. Mm -hmm. And in between the two, there's a giant gulf fixed so one can't pass to the other side. And that's the bottomless pit. It's Tartarus, where the angels are. Okay. So not only does it serve the purpose of punishing a type of creature that's not a man in hell, mm-hmm. right? It's an angel that could uh, theoretically escape, so he's chained. That's why he's reserved in chains, right? Okay. But it's also the thing that separates the place of paradise, Abraham's bosom, mm-hmm. from the place of torment, where the unrighteous according to the scripture, would go. Okay. And in the Hebrew, in the Torah, it's called Sheol, or the grave. So Hades and Sheol are sort of like the same place, right? But But the New Testament gives us the three total compartments of it. So it's wild to think an entire thing is inside the earth, you know? Yeah. And the Bible says hell is beneath, so Sheol, or Hades, is beneath your feet. Oh, my goodness. Deep down in the earth. They can say it's a nickel or iron core all they want to, but the Bible says it's something else. So those giants in the earth, they were gigantic people because they had angel DNA in them. And it says, and also after that. So we're going to come back to that thought later. Okay. Because we're going to find out that the flood of Noah was to destroy the world uh, or destroy the the offspring of these giants and the giants in the world. But what they ended up doing was they essentially became the oppressors of men. They were huge. They gained power. Uh, If you ever wonder why there were giant ancient cities with huge walls built, now you know why. What were they trying to keep out? Yeah. (laughs) Why such a tall wall? That's so true. So the giants weren't nice. Like they, they're basically just... They even became cannibals. 
Oh, my. According to the book of Enoch, yeah. The Bible doesn't tell us that specifically. But they oppressed men. They uh, they put them in slavery. Uh, they took them and abused them and killed them and all kind of things. They basically were taught by the fallen angels, you can be these demigods. You can be the leaders of you know under us. And so they oppressed. They subjugated. They they were wicked. And as a matter of fact, if you go back to uh, Genesis chapter 6 again, verse 5 says, uh, well, actually back in verse 4, it said that these Nephilim, the giants, they became mighty men which were of old, men of renown. You know, so they were known for great and horrible things that they did. Yeah. So it's very possible that these things like the Titans and whatever were based in truth. Possibly even theories of Atlantis Mm -hmm. And that kind of stuff is maybe based upon these Nephilim. Okay. So verse 5 says, God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Now, things look pretty bad now, but can you imagine? Just being so negative every single day. No, I could not. (laughs) (laughs) Every thought was only evil continually. Where did man get that from? Well, the the book of Enoch even describes, and I think we're going to read some about it in a moment, that the angels came and taught them these things. These angels came down and taught men how to make war and how to do certain things, you know, how to practice witchcraft. And really? This, yeah, that's what they that's what it points out there. The Bible doesn't tell specifically, but it does say this that it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth. And the word repent means I feel sorry about it. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I changed my mind. Mm-hmm. You know? And it grieved him at his heart. It's an interesting to think that God has a heart that can grieve. Oh. He cares, you know? Yeah. And so he made this thing that he dearly loved and it's turned into nothing but evil because of what happened, you know? I mean, man sinned and rebelled, but he was sort of like you know, he was this brand new creature that didn't know that much. And after over time, you know, he's discovering what he can because he's separated himself from God. But then these angels come down and teach him illuminated wisdom, right? Mm-hmm. Like you'll be like the gods knowing good and evil. So it's important to understand that when these angels came down and they began to infiltrate the bloodline, men were gaining the benefits of their knowledge because they had supernatural knowledge. Yeah. And they could see things that men couldn't see. And therefore they wanted, that's where this whole thought of a practice, practicing the occult and practicing witchcraft and necromancy and all that stuff came into play. And then, uh, and how to make weapons and whatnot. According to the book of Enoch, we'll read that they, uh, they did teach him that, but it repented the Lord that he made man on the earth. He grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I've created from the face of the earth. Now, think about this, both man and beast and the creeping thing and the fowls of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. So Noah, we're going to find out, is the one guy. But God decides to kill every living thing, men, women, children, babies, animals. And the reason for the ark was to have two of every animal that God brought to the ark. Mm-hmm. They didn't eat meat yet, so there was no reason to fear that the lamb could lay down with the lion mm-hmm. and not get eaten, right? But why destroy all the animals? What is happening? What is going on? Are animals wicked and evil? Can they do evil things? You know, Couldn't he have just taken all the animals and put them on the moon for a minute and given them some air to breathe, <laughs> right? flooded the earth, right? Well, the idea is what Satan was involved in with the daughters of men was also being done to the animals. In other words, genetic experiments. They were corrupting and ruining God's creation just like they did before. And even, How so? 
What do you, when you we, say that? Well, we don't know how they were doing it, mm-hmm. but remember we learned that Lucifer rebelled and the world that then was was destroyed with water. Mm-hmm. Right in Genesis one verse two, because whatever was there that was God's per- perfect creation was ruined by Lucifer. He's doing it again. He's going in there and taking whatever God when He made a horse and turning it into something else. Okay. So think about the uh, other mythological creatures of lore: griffins and like the horsemen. Yes, horsemen, minotaurs, mm-hmm. the, the bear, the the bullheaded men. Yes. Uh, whatever. Um, uh, something called a uh, uh, manticore which was like a flying lion serpent mm-hmm. thing from Iran or Persia. Uh, maybe there's some truth to that. And dragons. So maybe there's something to all that, and that was not what God created. It's not the way he intended it to be. He wanted dogs to be dogs, cats to be cats, mm-hmm. horses to be horses. And there's some types of interbreeding that men have domesticated, like we've made many different breeds and varieties of dogs and cats yes. and horses. And as I understand it, a horse and a, a donkey can uh, interbreed to make a mule. Mules are sterile. Really? Yeah, mules can't reproduce. Right. So because they were similar in their makeup, you know, but not everything could do that. Like, I'm not so sure a horse and a zebra could. Right. You know, but certain animals can. Mm-hmm. So but I think he was taking it further. And to, to me, it sort of begs the question of where are we going with these genetics and test tube lambs and chickens with rat faces? And, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, how far is that man doing it or are these satanic angels giving us this wisdom right. to manipulate things? And when it comes right down to it, we may even discover that is it possible that these fallen angels travel in crafts like those wheels that we saw in Ezekiel. Mm-hmm. And are they actually the abducting UFO aliens that are doing genetic experiments on people? That is a great question. It's possible. Right? It's you possible. never know. If there's such a thing as UFOs and if they're real, mm-hmm. I wouldn't doubt it. I wouldn't put it past Satan and his angels right? to be behind anything sinister. Because people, many, many people have an account of being abducted and they did experiments to me and, and, and a lot of them have things implanted in their wombs or... So true. Yeah, or different types of things. So I wouldn't be surprised if he's not behind something like that or else he's given men the wisdom to do it. Very true. Government, the elite, <laughs> right? <laughs> now, Genesis chapter 6, verse 9 says these are the generations of Noah. And generations means we're talking about his bloodline. Okay. Noah was a just man, and it says perfect in his generations. So the indication seems to be that Noah was purely human. He didn't have any genetic hybrid DNA in him, all right? And uh, Noah begat three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And the indication would seem to be that they three also were pure. If Noah was pure and his wife was pure, we don't ever get her name, uh, then their sons were pure human beings. Mm -hmm. So that's why he was called by God. Okay. And then it says, the earth was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. And God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt. And he says this, for all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. All flesh had corrupted his way. God's way was cats are cats, dogs are dogs, men are men. Yeah. All flesh had corrupted away. So that's why he killed all the animals. My goodness. And if he was going to save Noah, who was perfect in his generations, the two of every kind of animal, male and female, that made it to the ark would have also been perfect in their generations. Yeah. God's original untainted copies. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's why the ark was built, to save 
a God-made version of every animal rather than what Satan adulterated with genetic manipulation. Very true. Corrupted all flesh. So now with the ark, I know that Noah was in the ark and his family was in the ark. He built the ark big enough to have two of every animal. Did he build it big enough to also bring in other people? Hi, we hope you're enjoying the podcast, but I want to take a moment to remind you of something very important. There are secrets in the Bible the world doesn't want you to know. And the world is fast approaching the end game, and we want to expose the coming deception before time runs out. Freedom of speech is under attack, and evil elements within governments and multinational corporations are trying to prevent you from learning the truth. Scott and I are being censored by social media platforms as we speak. This is true, so you can help us use the satanic global elite's own tools against them. Subscribe to Bible Mysteries Premium Podcast so the controlled media can't shut us down. We can use our own platforms to help expose them and keep you informed. But to do that, we need your support. Help us to go full-time with Bible Mysteries. Just $7 a month gives you every current episode ad-free without these annoying appeals. You also get full access to our special guest interviews and special events, downloadable show notes, our Bible Mysteries monthly newsletter, and access to the community forum where we answer your questions. Just go to BibleMysteries.Supercast.com to help us stop the assault on Christianity and free speech. And don't forget, you can always donate any amount to support us at utbnow.com. These gifts are tax deductible. Thanks again, and here's the show. Yes, and they could have if they would have joined it. Remember, there were three stories Mm -hmm. to the ark, because we talked about the three stories of heaven. Yes. So it's a type of many things. And uh, it the indication would be if men would... God obviously knew that men would not turn to back to him and join Noah in the ark. But uh, some of them did, his three sons did, and their wives. So Noah's wife and the three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, each had a wife. So eight people were on there, and only eight. That is crazy. Only eight people were on the ark. And, uh, and so he said, all the earth is filled with violence through them, through the corrupted flesh. So behold, I will destroy, destroy them with the earth. And then he tells him how to make the ark and all that stuff. So we know the truth that happened there. But what's interesting is after the flood and everything happens, basically they rebuild the planet again, the Mm -hmm. population of the human beings, okay? Now, you'll remember back in Genesis chapter 6 and verse uh, 4, it says, there were giants in the earth in those days, and now we know where they came from, the Nephilim. Yes. And also after that, So the flood came to destroy that corrupted, giant-controlled planet of hybrid human angel beings. So how were they there after? Someone had to have the bloodline in them. And if it wasn't Noah and his wife and his three sons, one of the wives had to have it. Amazing you figured that out. Because that is really exactly what happened. When you think about it, there were giants after that. Where did they come from? Yeah. There's no scripture that indicates angels did again what they did in Genesis 6. Mm -hmm. All right? The book of Enoch seems to indicate they knew the number was 200 angels to corrupt the entire bloodline of man. Right? It's a lot of angels. Yeah. But there's many more angels than that that are part of the one-third that joined Lucifer. Mm -hmm. 
So there's no other scripture that ever references another group of angels that came down from Lucifer to do it again. And in fact, since we read in the book of Jude and 2 Peter that those same angels that did sin were put in chains in the bottomless pit, if you were one of Lucifer's angels and you saw your buddies down there, you would probably think, I ain't doing that. Right? <laughs> right? So why would they want to go and do it again and suffer the same fate as their angel brothers? Right. Right. So you're right onto something perfect, Zena. You're thinking this like the way that I would hope people will think, <laughs> that something must have been tainted in somebody's bloodline, and we know who it was. Now, by the way, these giants and the Nephilim, there's an excellent book I can recommend to our listeners by Ryan Peterson called Judgment of the Nephilim, where you can read about these very things and learn something about what actually happened to them and how that came to be. So I highly recommend it. There's even a website. If you just Google Judgment of the Nephilim, you can find it. So he posits this idea, Ryan Peterson, and I agree with him. In Genesis chapter 9, after the flood was over, Mm -hmm. in verse 1, it says, God blessed Noah and his sons and said unto them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. So Noah and his sons are all blessed. And notice they say, replenish the earth. Yes. Right? Fill it up again Mm -hmm. because they just killed everybody. Very true. Right? Just like it was with Adam. Mm -hmm. So people don't think about that, but it's right there. And then he says, and the fear of you and the dread of you shall be upon every beast of the earth and upon every fowl of the air, upon all that moveth upon the earth and upon all the fishes of the sea. Into your hand are they delivered. So now you can't just go up to a bird, they'll fly away, right? Before the flood, they wouldn't have done that. They would have had no reason to fear you because we didn't eat them. Yeah. Right? So animals, a lion could come up, you could scratch its head, you know, and we'll do that again. In the new earth, right? You wouldn't have to be afraid of them, you know? They're terrifying. (laughs) (laughs) And so, and I jokingly say that Noah was the first Cajun because it says, every moving thing that liveth shall be meat for you. (laughs) (laughs) And a Cajun will eat anything that won't eat them first. Very true. And I can say that because I'm from Louisiana. (laughs) So he says um, that they can now eat. And he says, even as the green herb have I given you all things. So at this point, man became omnivorous. You know, we could eat it all. We could eat anything. And when you think about it, it would have almost been necessary because he just finished flooding the earth. There's no plants. Mm -hmm. They all died in the flood. They'll come back up eventually, but it's going to take months before a tree or maybe years before a tree can produce fruit. That's very true. You know, and a season before corn can grow or Mm -hmm. wheat or something. So, uh, So now they can, in the meantime, eat meat. I used to joke, there were probably dinosaurs on the ark. And when Noah and his son saw the Apatosaurus, they went, well, that's a lot of steak, so they killed him first. <laughs> that's why they went extinct, right? Right. Because killed. if you kill one, you killed them all, right? That's very true. So I don't know if they were on the ark, but it's an interesting thought to ponder. So anyway, he goes on to bless them and tell them to be fruitful and multiply and bring forth abundantly in the earth. And he's basically, Noah's given dominion again, just like Adam was. Now mm-hmm. Noah is the king of the earth, and he's starting it all again. Now... God establishes a covenant with mankind at that point, and he puts a rainbow in the cloud. And there had never been a rainbow before because rainbows are water vapor being prismatic effect of light, right? Mm -hmm. Well, there had been no rain. So every time you see a rainbow, it's not a statement of somebody's stand or position. In reality, it's God's promise that he will never flood the earth again. Yes. And it hasn't. We've had floods, but not global. Very right. true. And we will have a destruction of this earth, but it's not going to be with a flood. The next last time it's going to be with fire. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there's a promise there that you can rely on, and that's what the rainbow is indicating there. It's a, it's a token of that covenant. Now, something happened, though, in process of time. Noah plants a vineyard. He grows grapes. He makes wine. He gets drunk. And he passes out. 
Now, in a way, that's a picture of sinfulness, not because drinking wine is bad. There's nothing wrong with wine. But he lost control of his faculties. He basically like overindulged. He overindulged. And if he passed out, he was vulnerable, as it were. Mm -hmm. Now, he's got three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And in the Bible, it says that Ham took advantage of that situation. Okay, now I'll read what it says because it's not exactly clear what happened. But it says, Noah began to be a husbandman in Genesis 9, verse 20, which means he was a farmer. And he planted a vineyard and he drank of the wine and was drunken. And he was uncovered within his tent. And Ham, the father of Canaan, saw the nakedness of his father and told his two brethren without. Now that seems like, oops, I accidentally walked in on my dad who was naked while he was sleeping. Mm -hmm. Evidently, it was something worse than that. Because he went and told his two brothers... And Ham's just one of the three sons, but he just happens to have done something that was very wrong because it says that Shem and Japheth, the other two brothers, took a garment and laid it upon both their shoulders and went backward and covered the nakedness of their father. And their faces were backward and they saw not their father's nakedness. Now, there's other scriptures in the book of Leviticus that says it's a sin to uncover your near kin's nakedness. All right. And it's not talking about seeing them accidentally exposed. It's actually talking about having a sexual relationship with their spouse. So if a man uncovered his father's nakedness, the indication seems to be he had an incestuous relationship with his mother. That appears to be what Ham did. If if Ham didn't do that, he might have done something to his own father, but the indication seems to be it was probably an incestuous thing with the mother. Okay. It's a horrifying thing to think about, Mm -hmm. but it tells us something about Ham. He has a problem. So maybe Ham doesn't like to stay within the confines of the God-given limitations that he meant sexual intercourse to be. Okay. For procreation and joy and love and marriage and everything else. Mm -hmm. And so, because the next thing says that, verse 24, And Noah awoke from his wine and knew what his younger son had done unto him. How did he know that? If he just accidentally poked in and looked at saw him naked and walked out and bragged about it, Noah couldn't have known anything. Yeah. But if it had been his mother and his mother said, Your son shamed me then Noah knew what his younger son had done to him, or something along that line. Oh, my goodness. So we can't prove what it was. The Bible sometimes doesn't give us that detail because mm-hmm. it's too horrifying to think about. Right. But here's what's interesting. Once he knew what Ham had done, and he knew it was Ham. So the idea is he didn't even have to guess it could have been Shem or Japheth. Something about Ham, maybe. The, this is getting back to what you were saying earlier about could one of the wives. Maybe Ham's wife was a hybrid. Right? And that they would all, make sense. And they all knew it, but he didn't like to stay with his own kind. And so when he knew what his younger son had done to him, it was like, well, the one of the three that would have done this would have been Ham. Mm-hmm. But here's the interesting thing. He doesn't curse Ham. Verse 25 says, And he said, Cursed be Canaan. A servant of servants shall he be unto his brethren. Now, Canaan was the son of Ham. He didn't do anything wrong. Mm-hmm. He's just his grandson. Yeah. So why does Noah curse Canaan? Well, it's possible that he couldn't curse Ham because God had already blessed them. 
because he said, blessed be Noah, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, replenish, multiply, all that we just read in chapter mm-hmm. 9. But what if Canaan was a little taller than his other grandkids? <laughs> just a little bit. <laughs> what if maybe that guy shot up to eight feet before he was 12, right? That's a big kid. And he made Shaq look like a little guy, you know? <laughs> So the thinking seems to be, and I think I agree with the the judgment of the Nephilim, according to the author Ryan Peterson, that Canaan was of the hybrid offspring and and the genetics showed up. It might not have shown directly from Ham's wife. Maybe they knew it, but it wasn't exactly, you know, but since she came on the ark, you know, she was obeying God. Mm -hmm. So God honored that. But... Ham being like he was, the, the the fact that he took a wife that wasn't purely human, and they have a child that's now filtered angel DNA. So he wouldn't have been as big, let's say, as the original giants, mm-hmm. but he was clearly must have been visible to be a giant because of his size. And what's interesting is the giants that show up after this, you know, they were giants on the earth in those days, and also after that, all end up in the land of Canaan. Why is that? Well... That's going to bring us to another podcast, (laughs) which is going to be called The Garden of Eden, because we're going to find out that Canaan is Eden, or Canaan was Eden, Mm -hmm. before God made Adam. Eden has been around on the original earth, and it was the same land that today we would call Israel. And the mountain of God is the same mountain that today we would call Jerusalem. How interesting. That's the mountain that Lucifer tried to take over. (gasps) Silly Lucifer. So why would, if there were giants in the earth in those days, and we don't know where they were in the days of Noah, but they were all killed. So now we know there's one possible way they could have leaked through genetically through the son or uh, through the wife of Ham and through his son Canaan, who gets cursed, who did nothing wrong. I know. But he's cursed because of what he is. Mm -hmm. If he's a giant Nephilim type thing, then he's something that's not supposed to be because he knows and God knows what they end up doing. They turn men's hearts away from God, right? And so they congregate in the land of Canaan because they're trying to get back to that mountain. Mm -hmm. Before there was a Jerusalem, that mountain was the area they all congregated in. So what we find out is many, many years later after this, when Moses is delivering the children of Israel out of Egypt. God gives them the land of Canaan Mm -hmm. and says, go in there. And he says, when you take it over, he says, kill everything, man, woman, child, beast. Don't keep the cattle for yourself. Kill it. Why? Because the Canaanites were giants and they were up to their old tricks again. They were genetically messing around with the breeds and the things and whatever. So when he goes in there, they send, and actually Moses died. He didn't get to go in, but Joshua, you remember that name? Mm -hmm. Joshua and his buddy Caleb are sent in with 10 other men to spy out the land. Because if you're going to attack, you got to know where the weak points are. Yeah, guerrilla warfare. spy out the land. There you go. (laughs) They come back with a report. And 10 of the men said, The land is filled with giants. We're like grasshoppers in their sight. (laughs) They'll destroy us. And only Joshua and Caleb said, yeah, they're big, but we can take them. God's on our side. Mm -hmm. But the children of Israel listened to the 10 instead of the two. The good report from Joshua and Caleb, they didn't have faith that God could deliver them. And so God said, because they said, we're too, we can't go. They're too big. They're going to eat us. And so they listened to the 10 
And that's why they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years, because they wouldn't trust God to bring them in. And after they said that, God said, all right, not a one of you over 30 is ever going to go into that land. Everybody over 30 is going to wander into the wilderness till you die. And then, except for Joshua and Caleb, and everybody under 30 gets to go into the land. And he says, oh, no, by the way, if you had trusted me, I was going to send hornets in the land and drive the giants out for you. But because you didn't trust me, you have to fight them yourself. So they had to go in and battle the giants themselves. But that was very intense. <laughs> I can't even imagine. But they did. They defeated them. And in fact, it wasn't even just Israel. God used some other nations. He used the nation of Moab, and he used the nation of Edom, uh, and some of the kings of, um, of, they were called the kingdoms of the plains, which was up in the area that was later destroyed called Sodom and Gomorrah, or earlier destroyed called Sodom and Gomorrah. And so they fought against giants and, and killed them all. And pretty much there was hardly any giants left by the time David was born. And David became the second king of Israel. And you remember David slaying Goliath the giant? Yes. That was the last of the giants. He and his brothers were killed by either David who killed Goliath or some of David's generals who killed the brothers of Goliath, one of whom had six fingers and six toes on each limb. <laughs> and so there was a giant in the land back in those days, uh, you know, in the land of Canaan called Og of Bashan. Mm -hmm. And he was like 13 feet tall. And uh, they says his spear was the size of a weaver's beam. It would be like throwing a Volkswagen Beetle you know, right? as a spear, right? So they were huge, huge men. And there are um, there is evidence of bones and records where these giants live, but they're all hidden. And why do you why? suppose the governments <laughs> of the world would hide the evidence of the bones? I bet if we could dig down into the basement of the Smithsonian, we'd probably find them. <laughs> yes. But why do you suppose they would do that? Uh, you know, to keep us naive. Or to not trusting this book. Yeah. See, everything God has done is revealed in this book. So if this book is a bunch of fantasy and fables, ah, there's no such thing as giants. Who's going to trust it? Because it says there are. Mm -hmm. Who's going to pay any attention to that? But if this book is true and there's records to prove that it is, you know, then, wow, you know, there's something else. I had wanted to get to the part in the book of Enoch where um, these uh, angels uh, were talked about that they taught men how to war and things like that. And we're actually out of time today, so I'll try to approach that in another episode. Uh, because what we're going to find out is... Uh, these giants were all destroyed in the flood, and then eventually the rest of them that were after that were destroyed by, by either Israel and the conquest of Canaan, uh, because they congregated in Canaan because they wanted to take over Eden again, right, mm -hmm. and the mountain of God, or by some of those other nations I mentioned. So Satan abandoned that attempt uh, to try to infiltrate the bloodline any longer because he realized that with God on our side, even the giants couldn't prevail yeah. against us. So that's why you don't see them anymore. They were destroyed. Uh, there's no evidence that they're around anymore. Um, but the fallen angels that did not leave their estate and take the daughters of men are still around working with Satan and uh, one of the things that I'll need to come back and maybe we can sort of do a part two about this is we've, we can posit, we can surmise that when those Nephilim offspring were destroyed either in the flood of Noah or perhaps even in the days of Canaan, 
mm-hmm. those beings being hybrid human and angel didn't just die and go to hell as men would go when they die in unrighteousness. A man dies in unrighteousness and hell is like a prison waiting for judgment. Okay. The Nephilim apparently when they died became disembodied spirits since the bodies died in the flood. Yeah. And have you ever heard the word demons or devils? I have. That's where they come from. They're the disembodied spirits of the Nephilim. So the devils that were the unclean spirits of the New Testament, you know, and the word demon isn't in the um, isn't in the King James Bible, but the Greek word for devil is daimon, which is demon, mm-hmm. the English word demon. So it's the same creature, the same entity. Incidentally, the reason why the King James translators chose to choose devils instead of demons is because back in the day when they translated the Bible, a demon was equated with something like an elf or a sprite, and they could be good. Mm-hmm. And the Bible wanted to be clear that these were not good things. These were demonic things, you know, yes. bad things. So they changed the word demon to devils. So it was very clear that an unclean spirit was not your friend. No, not <laughs> it wasn't at all. Helping you through the woods. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, that you know, obviously words have changed and they evolve over time. But uh, the word demon now comes to mean a devil, mm-hmm. something that's an unclean spirit. So we'll find out maybe a little bit more about that, Lord willing, next time. And we're gonna remember I mentioned to you just before we close that they congregated in Canaan because they wanted to retake the holy mountain of God's Eden. Yeah. We're going to go talk about the Garden of Eden next time and see how it was there in the original earth and it's going to be there in the new mm-hmm. earth and it was there when God made Adam and Eve. It is where his throne is going to be on the earth and the devil wants that throne. Right. Before we close, I did have one question. What ended up happening to Ham's son? Well, we only can presume that he took a wife at some point and had other children because there were Canaanites mm-hmm. that were all giants. And they became different names. They were the, the Nakams and the Zamzumims mm-hmm. <laughs> and the Imims and all this stuff and the children of Anak. And what's really kind of interesting, I know, I know you're not a Marvel Comics fan. But <laughs> about that. Are you a Star Wars fan? Mm, not really. <laughs> well, Darth Vader... Yes. Started out as a little boy whose name was Anakin Skywalker. Yes. Anakins are the giants. No way. So Lucas knew a little bit about <laughs> what was going on there. And so did Steven Spielberg when he did Raiders of the Lost Ark. They, they knew a little something about these Bible mysteries. Right. Uh, and they're both, I think, well, I don't know about George Lucas, but I know uh, Mr. Spielberg is a Jewish man, so he would have known the Torah and mm-hmm. he would have known some teachings about the Old Testament mysteries. You know. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, in the, in the scene where Raiders of the Lost Ark, they all melt when they open yes. the lid of the Ark, that comes from the book of Zechariah. That's a plague that God puts on people on the earth at that time. They melt away as they stand on their feet. That's another mystery we'll look at. I know. (laughs) Isn't the Bible fun? (laughs) It's so fun. So we thank you again today. I thank you, Zena. You're just such a wonderful co-host. I'm so blessed to have you here. Thank you. And we really enjoy this time. I hope you'll tune in again next week and keep searching these things out. Don't take my word for it. You've got a Bible. You can look it up. You can Mm -hmm. check out these resources. And if you want to learn more, you can go to utbnow.com. That's Unlock the Bible Now. And we'd be happy to have you look at some of our lessons there. So till next week, have a great day. Yes, please do.
Thanks again for listening, and don't forget to subscribe to Bible Mysteries Premium Podcast. You can even gift a subscription to a friend. That's right. Remember, just go to BibleMysteries.Supercast.com to join and help us expose the satanic global elite, or make a tax-deductible donation at UTBNow.com. We need your help to fight the global censorship of the truth. Thanks for your support.